Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Hire My VA Team and Business Building Podcast, where we help you to reclaim your freedom through hiring and thriving with virtual assistance without breaking the bank. And that means your, your bank. <laughs> and I'm Dave Braun. I'm here with Larry Broughton, who's my partner in all things coaching. He's a fantastic business and life mentor. And you're coaching me in both areas, Larry. And you're my brother in, in Christ and just love you like crazy. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Thanks, Hi, Dave. <laughs> well, let's. <laughs> we've. How long have we known each other now? It's over twenty years. You and I have known each other, and boy, a lot has happened in both of our lives since then, right? And um, yeah, it's I would encourage ride. folks: please get somebody in your life where you can go on life's journey together, where they support you. Um, you know, like Dave and I get together every Wednesday with a couple of other buddies of ours, and it's. Um, you know, it's just, it's really the highlight of my week, Dave. So thank you. Um, it keeps me going, keeps me yeah. uh, honest to be, <laughs> if I'm being honest with myself. So uh, thanks for going on the journey with me. That's uh, awesome. Let's awesome. dive into today's topic. Okay. So today's topic is going to be part two of a two-part series. Right. Um, the first part and the second part, the same title, mm -hmm. of course, but really the question of the topic is how to be a great boss. And again, this yeah. is part two. Um, in part one, which was episode 89, this will be 90. We looked at seven characteristics on how to be a great boss and or a leader. So, um, you, you don't have to go listen to that one first. Um, you can just stay on this one, but, um, uh, make sure that if you haven't listened to it, go when this is done and listen to that one, you'll get the first seven because those are powerful. And we do a, a quick introduction on it. Uh, but so we do recommend you going and doing it. So again, um, this is episode 90. We're going to look at the final eight. And um, Larry, I wanted to uh, mention what you mentioned last time uh, a little bit about, we'll talk a little bit about the word boss really quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, really folks, um, you know, to, for you to get the best out of this, to get the most use of it, as we go through these next eight um, characteristics, you know, just mark it down on a scale of one to 10, 10 being best as how you think you rate and then at the end of listening to the previous one and this one, you'll be able to um, look at which ones you may not be able to, um, or you may be rating yourself a little bit poorer on than others, so that you can um, kind of almost have a little mini roadmap of how to become a better boss, leader, et cetera. Okay. Yep. So um, Larry, um, you want to talk a little bit about the um, boss terminology? <laughs> yeah, I Listen, people know when you say boss, you know what that really means. But to me, it's one of those, when somebody comes into my office and says, hey, boss, to me, that immediately tells me this is someone who is checked out. They're looking for, they want to skirt responsibility. They want someone else to, you know, make decisions for them. That's me personally. And so it's like mm -hmm. nails on a chalkboard uh, when I hear that. Really what we're talking about here is how to be a more effective leader, how to be a more effective manager. Now, that, those are two different things, right? Yes, um, absolutely. I'm a big believer, though, that we, we do need more <clears throat> leaders in life, in business, in nonprofits, in educational and academia, um, you know, in the religious community. We need more leaders. So think about that. Just like, how do I become a better leader? If you're a better leader, um, you're going to be a better entrepreneur. You're going to be a better business owner. And a better person, right? A better person, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's dive into this. Uh, well, let's Dave, let me do this though. Before we dive into these next eight, let me just do a really quick, super quick recap. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Like number one through seven was just this. <laughs> okay. Just really quickly. Number one was care. You got to uh, care about your team members, but we go into 
greater detail, go back and listen to the other one. Number one is care. Number two is to communicate effectively. Number three was to set priorities to be able to be able to prioritize. Number four was to reward and recognize your team members. Number five was the ability um, to grow both yourself and your team members. Mm -hmm. right. uh, number six was to set performance expectations. And number seven was to provide feedback. Okay, now all of this um, comes from experience that Dave and I have had over the years in both with me and the military and academia and in the entrepreneurial space and Dave in the corporate world and his entrepreneurial journeys and just in life and nonprofits um, mm -hmm. uh, as, as well. But what we did is we looked at some of the stuff from the predictive index people management study that's done where they surveyed 5,000 employees to identify what are the qualities of uh, a bad leader. And what they found was, here, here are some of the things, poor communication, they play favorites, they're not a, a open to feedback, they're not self-aware, they betray trust, and I'm reading the list here, uh, they don't listen, they put their own needs first, you know, and there's a whole list of them. But some of the words that were used to describe bad bosses include being dishonest, arrogant, lazy, reactive, disengaged, inconsistent, and rude. How mm. about this, Dave? Don't be those things. <laughs> if yeah. we just don't be those things, you're halfway there. Yeah, and that's, but then take then yeah. get intentional about these fifteen things that we're talking about, and you're gonna you'll be in the top two percent of leaders, if you um, I think uh, if you uh, incorporate these things in your in your daily life, and you'll be in the top two percent of people. Really, you'll have more friends, yeah. and yeah, you know. So it's it's. I mean, these are just great characteristics to have, to, characteristics to have, you know, anyway. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, thank you for that rundown. I'm glad you remembered. I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> I was reading. Okay. <laughs> so let's look at number eight, um, persevere. All right. All right. So persevere, um, you know, one of my favorite mantras, so persevere to me is like tenacity. Okay. Mm. And I say that tenacity eats talent for lunch. We have to be tenacious. And that's kind of some people, I, I, I would suppose that that might be a synonym for, um, for perseverance. But the definition to persevere is to persist in a state, enterprise or undertaking in spite of, in spite of the counter influences, opposition or discouragement. Mm -hmm. How often have we done things, Dave, where people tell you, oh, you're not good enough. Or, Are you really going to do that? It's tough economic times right now, right? There are a lot of talented people out there. There are a lot of visionary people out there and dreamers out there, but they quit when the going gets tough. Yeah. This is why I say tenacity eats talent for lunch. You can be highly talented, but if you're going to quit the first bump in the road you have, take a seat, my friend. All right. But the good news about being uh, about perseverance and tenacity is it's like any other muscle you can exercise and you can get stronger with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can. Um, so how do you think, though, that we would we would want to persevere more? How do how can we develop it? You know, and one of the things that I'm thinking about when it comes to that is because you said it's a muscle. You want to make sure you work that muscle when you've got energy. So in this case, you've probably got some mental energy, you know, so maybe the time of the day to work on this is going to be when you are at your peak mental state. Not when you're at, you know, you're tired or you're groggy, um, you know, that wouldn't be the best time just because you're not going to persevere most likely or, or yeah, or come up with a couple of ways. I remember um, yeah. I, at the um, e-uprising conference that um, uh, we did years ago, right? I remember um, Alden Mills talking about it. He, I think it was him and he had said, 
you know, if you, you need to get a little bit of boost to persevere through this task that um, you're running low on energy, just go do some pushups, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good, Dave. Um, I would say that you can exercise your muscles to grow your persona- your personality. I need that for my personality. Uh, your perseverance and your tenacity muscle, whether you've got energy or not. I was here, I heard a Joe Rogan riff on this once when he was talking about exercise if you've got this like all right oh, i don't have the strength to go to the gym today i'm just not feeling like it all right do you have the strength to walk to the refrigerator then you have the strength to get down and just do two push-ups then that's roll on your back and do two yeah. sit-ups all right that's how you do it you know even when you don't have the energy you have the energy unless there is you are terminally diseased and you have wires and attached to you you know you've got the ability to do something like again it might be two push-ups it might be two sit-ups all right so why am i using that because it's physical right and you have to be healthy you have to be in a state of Mm. physical health to succeed in life i'm sorry to say this when you you look at all the indicators um that have uh, been set up for success in life physical health is one of those it's one of the predictors Mm of high achievers. Okay. And when you um, say, well, gosh, yesterday, I didn't feel like doing those two pushups or two sit-ups, but I did it anyway. It's a little bit, it's, it's a stepping stone to the next one. Well, today I'm going to do three. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I hate, I really don't want to have that tough conversation yeah. with that client, but I'm going to do it anyway. No matter what the outcome is, at least I, I had the conversation. It might go totally off the rails and not have the outcome at all, but at least I started the conversation. And so the next time you build the skill set to guide the conversation a little bit better, to set the expectations for the conversation, it starts with that first step, putting that dusty, bloody boot in front of the other, right. that one step the first time. That's how you That's how you build it. Start and small. I think it- and to do that, I think it helps to have some of these other characteristics that we're, um, that we're talking about. Well, um, and to have a life traveling partner like I've got with you and you have that. with me <laughs> and other mentors and coaches and team members in your life, whether they're in your organization or not, to go to them and say, hey, I'm about to do this really, what I think is this really tough thing. Can you cheer me on? You and I do this with our guys and our men's group all the time, right? Hey, I'm I, about to go do this. You know, be thinking about me, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you got a word of encouragement, I'm open to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, the last couple of months redoing, um, or re going in and doing one of my volunteer things. I really needed you guys as prayers and thoughts and your encouragement. And it's, you know, maybe I would have done it anyway. I don't know. Um, but it sure made it a heck of a lot easier to persevere. Right. So, so that's one of the things you put some of these tools in place, like we talked about, um, you know, get the great energy and then also, you know, have some people around you, it will make it easier to persevere. It really will. Right. Right. Well, let's shift gears to the next one, Dave. What's number two? Um, so the, the second one that we're talking about, number Actually, nine, so this is number nine, then this will be yeah. number nine for those who are tracking along with us. Yeah. So number nine in our list of 15 is positivity. Mm. And um, I mean, you look up positive and it means so many different things, but the definition that I like to use is the ability to look at the good in any situation and act accordingly. Okay. So 
to, to look or to find the good in any situation. And, and I've had, uh, you know, we've all got a lot of situations that don't turn out as we maybe want or plan, but, you know, I'm a firm believer that the things that happen in my life happen for a particular reason. And the, and the question is what kind of good can come out of it as well as having the faith that there will be something good that comes out of it. So let, I'll give you a quick example of something that happened in my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of facing that a little bit again, Larry, remember when I had um, some neck surgery uh, right. a few years ago, right? Yep. And, oh man, that was a pain in the butt to go through, but getting on the other side of it, there was um, so, so many positives. One of the positives ended up being that a lady um, at, at Cheryl's work went through the same thing. And so I was able to give her some coaching along the way to say, expect this, do this, um, consider this. Uh, and, and it helped her to be comfortable in the situation and to be able to have her um, surgery be a lot more successful and her recover to be better as well. So yes. how was I able to do that? Because I had a positive attitude trying to think, okay, what kind of lessons can I learn? What can I take with me that I can potentially impact um, other folks? Yeah. I am not the smartest tool in the shed. Okay. Uh, You're pretty smart though. <laughs> I'm pretty smart for sure. And, but you know, I don't have it all figured out. And so I have to remind myself of a lot of things, right? Because I have a lot of negative chatter in my head. And so I live through mantras and I'm going to share two mantras with you. Now, some of you, some of my followers have heard me say this before, but the first one is this Dave, you find what you're looking for. Yeah. If I'm looking for positivity in life, I will see that. If I'm looking for negativity in life, I will see that as well. If I'm looking for positivity um, in my life partner, I will see that. If I'm looking to for their mistakes and the negative, oh, they screwed up again. That is what I will see. All right. So positivity is all around us. You have to look for it, though. Yes. Okay? Another thing is this that I think is really vitally important. It has to do with not just what you're looking for, but how do you show up? And that has to do with your attitude. Mm -hmm. right? And my point is this, that a good attitude won't guarantee victory. Okay. So I wanted to set your expectations. A good attitude won't guarantee victory, but a bad attitude will guarantee defeat. All right. A good attitude won't guarantee victory, but a bad attitude will guarantee defeat. Yeah. All right. And so if you go through life negative woe is me with an eoritude oh woe is me life, sucks. Like life will suck for yeah. sure all right yeah. and no one will want to work on a team with you people want to be on winning teams if you want to be an effective boss build a team that is looking for the positivity the can-do spirit the optimism that things will get better all right have you ever been on a team where a boss is negative all the time oh yeah for sure it sucks yeah. <laughs> drains you don't be that person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So that was positivity. Yeah. And then being positive is a lot more fun too. Oh, it, it, it is a lot more fun. We'll talk about that we later. About earlier. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, number 10 is our right, eight, nine, 10, 10. is, um, again, there, I have a lot of favorites uh, in, in here and it's being realistic. Okay. Uh, and that's the ability to see things as they really are and to deal with them in a practical way. Again, I live my mantras, right? My thing is reality is your friend. Too many of us just want to bury our head in the sand, Dave, you know, yeah. and not face reality, right? Um, and that's a hard thing sometimes. Like when the bombs are falling down around us, the economy is, you know, tanking all of our competition and all of our industry. 
well, should I really be looking at reality? Like maybe I shouldn't do that. Listen, it's up to you. All right. But you have to face the reality. You can't just say, oh, nothing is going on around me, you know, but hopefully you have people who speak reality into your life as well with love. Okay. With love. Yes. That's an important point. Yeah. And so, um, but you have to face reality because once you identify like my industry is being decimated right now, I understand that. So what do I have to do? Well, then I can set up a game plan or a, um, uh, a mission brief or plan to address the reality of life. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand competitions being crushed. I may be crushed, but I'm going to work my way out of this. It's better than the Pollyannish. Yes. Is that the right word? Going through life with rose-colored yeah. glasses and just not even seeing reality sometimes, okay? Real, reality is your friend, when it's, whether it's dealing with personal or professional relationships. The key here, Dave, is go, it goes back to uh, one of the things that we spoke about in the previous podcast that I want folks to go look at is communication, right? Once you identify what reality is, you have to use some discernment to effectively communicate that to your team. Right, right, right. Because there's nothing worse than a team member seeing reality and the leader living in la la land thinking that's not happening. Right. Oh, oh my I see, gosh. I, I see the wheel spinning in your head, Dave. Yeah. You, you, you just, that? yeah, you just reminded me of some of the things that happened in, you know, the corporate world is how the leaders of the organization basically said, Hey, everything is going great. And it wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and lied to us. And of course they had to reason because if they, maybe if they were honest, people would jump ship, uh -huh. but if they were maybe a little bit more honest, but then said, Hey, here's our plan to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. That's, 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 that's the balance between being positive and realistic. Cause you got to have the, the, that balance. Yeah. And if yeah. they would have done that, it would have been, uh, uh, you know, much, much better because sure. then there's leaders that you can believe in. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Okay. Um, I guess we're on number, number 11, 11, right? Yep. So number 11 is competence and mm, that's a, good one. A, a good definition would be the quality or state of having sufficient knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength. And as for a particular duty or in a particular respect now, competence doesn't necessarily. So, I mean, we're, we're leaders of potentially bigger organizations, and competence doesn't mean that we have that the skill that's equal to every single person on our team, but it does mean we've got sufficient amount of knowledge so that we can um, know when the, uh, the job is being done right. We can ask the proper questions um, to help our team, you know, overcome issues. Um, so it it doesn't mean that you're you're as good as your team. It just means that you're good enough to be able to recognize what needs to be done and, and how to lead your team. What yeah. do you think about that, Larry? Well, I think that uh, you're, you're spot on with this. The problem that I see in the guru space oftentimes, and as well as in the corporate arena, is that insecure leaders and bosses try to do a bait and switch on you with trying to give a air of confidence and not competence. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
they get it backwards. This is why a lot of these gurus, when you go to their seminars and their conferences, there's a whole lot of energy and they're going to build you up and they're going to make you feel good. And you're going to walk across broken glass. or you're going to swim in a tank of alligators, whatever it is. I can do anything. Okay. Your confidence is up, right? But your confidence isn't up. And so you have to keep going back and getting fueled. You have to walk across more glass. It's now on fire. <laughs> and now you got to swim with alligators and sharks, right? To get your confidence up. But the truth is, if you work on your competence, the confidence comes. This is why when you are learning how to play a sport, this is why you practice, right? So that when you get on the field, when you get on the court, when you get in the ring, right? Your confidence is up because your confidence is you put the work in, you've worked on the skills, the training, you've been put through the paces, right? Um, so this is why I think that confidence is so important. Let's work on confidence, confidence will come. And then that's enduring confidence. All right, right. This is why I like somebody who's great at a sport technique, skill, whether it's professional or, or leisure, they can step away from it for years. And then once it comes up again, hey, there's an opportunity to go hit a tennis ball. And I've not hit a tennis ball in years. You can still do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Hey, I'll go play a game. Right. But if you've never done it before, that's false confidence. Oh, I've got to go walk across glass before I can go, before I can go do it. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> a lot of rambling and, there for a second. But. No, that, that totally makes sense. And um, you know, the, one of the best ways though, to get competent quickly is to have mentors or coaches sure. in the area that you want to have some competence in. Right. For sure. But oftentimes people don't know what areas they need competence in when it comes to leadership. Leadership is a soft skill. Yes. We need to remember that. Right. So, and this is one of the reasons why you and I will actually go into organizations and help them identify, you know, do assessments of their key executives, look at their business top to bottom. And we do this both virtually and in person. We do full day strategy sessions. We do multi-day trainings, whatever it takes. Um, and by the way, if that's something that you're interested in, feel free to reach out to us for, okay? Yeah. Um, what I feel blessed about, Dave, is that you and I both have a gifting that I think is rare, that we are able to see potential and people and organizations that they may not see themselves, right? For sure. And, yeah. and so um, I, I feel blessed uh, in, in, in that area, right? And then having worked with all the organizations that we've worked with the different types and styles, um, you know, we can bring best practices uh, to your organization if this is something that you're, you're interested in. Just reach out to us through a DM or one of our social media platforms or, you know, you'll, you'll find us. Just Google us or go to hiremyva.com and there's yeah. a contact form there. Yeah, give us, reach out to us. yeah. Give us a comment in uh, on our YouTube channel, whatever you want. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's jump into number 12. So um, Larry, we've talked about number eight was persevere. Number right. nine was positivity. Number 10 realistic. Number 11 was competence. And you want to jump into number 12. So um, number 12 has to do with uh, openness. Um, the definition that we've got, Dave, is having uh, no enclosing or confining barrier accessible on all or nearly all sides. All right. So what does it, how does that mean for business? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Well, oftentimes it has to do with 
have an open spirit about you, but also have an open door policies. They have found through studies of um, organizations, businesses that have enduring success, not just flash in the pan, not had one great quarter, but enduring success is that they have open door policies where, policies where team members feel like they can actually approach the leader with any concerns or questions that they have, right? That as the leader is walking through the, the factory floor or through the retail space, team members can actually approach them and they trust that they're going to be heard. All right. Yes. This leads to increased morale uh, in, in the organization. All right. So that's kind of the openness that, that we're talking about, that you don't shoot team members down for bringing you a problem or a suggestion that, you know, one of the things that we see, Dave, oftentimes is that the leader feels like they're in competition with the team members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. A team member brings an idea and they feel challenged because the, the, the team member might have a better way to deal with a problem that the leader might not have thought about yet. Right. And instead of feeling threatened or instead of feeling like you're in competition with that team member, this might be your new assistant. This might be the new supervisor mm. on the team. We have to look at it that way. And the better our assistants, supervisors, managers, assistant managers, leaders in our organization become, the more effective we become as leaders. Right. And this comes down to, sadly, sometimes it's um, a lack of self-esteem or competence. Right. The more it ties into the one we just got through spoke, speaking about, the more competent we are in our leadership abilities, um, the less. Um, um, the higher our own morale is, the higher our competence is. So, so yeah, openness, I think, is one of these really important things. We have to be open to feedback. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, one of the reasons why we build a team, what do we say? We're building a team because it gives us freedom, right? Part That's of right. that freedom is letting your team be better than you in a lot of things. And so you've got to be open to that. You've got to be open to their, their suggestions because, you know, who knows, it might be that suggestion or it might be that one little um, thing that they say that it'll tweak that will, you know, help you outdo your competitors, It'll yeah. help you go your whole business to the next level, or it could help you to become a better leader and manager because, you know, as, as we're, we've gone through, you know, 12 of these 15, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got some work to do on those. Right. So we've, no matter how good you are, you've got, you've all got work to do and, um, it, and it helps to, you know, maybe have one of your team members um, in a positive way, tell you, Hey, um, here's a way that you can, um, you know, improve your confidence, you know, um, you know, they may say we should have persevered more on this particular client or something like that, but, but being open to solutions and suggestions, because, you know, you, you are going to go down maybe a little bit of a rabbit hole from time to time and maybe investigating something that won't work out. But I tell you, you will, that will be more than offset by the fact that you're going to be open to new solutions and new ways to do things that are going to, um, you know, skyrocket your pro productivity. Let me give you an example right now is, you know, we're in the, what is it? The great resignation, right? right. And, and if you guys don't know what that is, it's, it's like the, the surveys say that, you know, up to about half of the people are thinking of resigning right now 51%. or yeah. Or within like six months. So, um, uh, there's some leaders who are still saying these days that 
all right, when this pandemic is over, we're going to go full time, 100% back to the in-person office. And that is turning a lot of people off, causing them to resign because there's other options open for them to do maybe, you know, a part virtual, part in-person, right? So some of these leaders are not open to new ways of doing things. And so that's going to cause them to, um, their organizations are going to suffer and they're going to suffer as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Dave, we know that not everyone that's listening to this podcast is a business owner, but there are actually people that are listening to these podcasts who might be a new manager or yeah. they're wanting to get into management. We, we see the comments, right? So Dave, the question might come up, okay, sounds great to have a boss who's open, but what if I don't? What if my boss is not mm -hmm. receptive to ideas? Well, oftentimes you got to think about how are you delivering feedback to your Good boss point. or to your manager or to your leader? If you think that your leader is off the rails, you don't approach him and say, dude, you're off the rails. That's a stupid idea. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. okay? I think the best way that a new leader, new manager, someone who's interested in growing in an organization should approach a leader like that to say, hey, leader, hey, hey, boss, um, not boss, please don't call him boss, <laughs> hey, hey, manager or, or leader. Um, I know that you want us to do this. Help me understand what's what are we trying to accomplish here? How can I make sure that I am following through mm. on what it is that you want us to accomplish? Right. So what's that going to do to the leader? It's like, oh, good. This guy's on my team. He wants or she wants to do a good job. And so they're going to let their guard down and they're going to explain it to you. And then as they're explaining it to you, if there's something that you feel like is really stupid or off the rails, say, hey, I like... I like the direction we're going here. What if we were to try this instead? How, how do you think that might impact the results of what we're trying to achieve here? And it might just open up the manager or leader's mind to say, hey, I hadn't considered that. Let's try that as well. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not just openness from the leader, but you've got it. We, as people who are trying to communicate with our leaders, have to be open to new ideas as well and how to communicate. Yes, it's frustrating to have a leader who's off the rails and making stupid decisions. I get it, okay? I make stupid decisions sometimes and it's gonna lead us to this next uh, next one probably. Um, but um, be open to ideas uh, and uh, new concepts, all right? Yeah, but that's Dave, right. right. So far, like number eight, we talked about persevere, number nine, I guess, was positivity. Number 10 was realistic. 11 was confidence. 12 was openness. Um, is that right? Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 was openness, yeah. which brings us to number 13. Is that right? Yep. Lucky number 13. Which is what, Dave? It's, I don't know. What is it? Oh, wait a second. Decisive. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Decisive, right? We'll have the power right. of quality or deciding. That's what the dictionary says, right? right? Okay. Well, what is deciding? Well, deciding is basically to select a course of action. You know, it, you, we talked about openness um, yeah. a little bit before and yeah, you have to be open to uh, new ways of doing things, but if it's causing you to be almost uh, paralyzed because you don't know which direction to go. Well, you're going to be paralyzing your team and yeah. they're not going to know which direction to go. So at some point you've got to decide, you have to figure out, um, a, you know, come up with a, um, wh what is it? We have the decision making, whatchamacallit matrix. 
yeah. right? To weigh things yeah. out, use a tool like that. But you've got to decide um, at the appropriate time on a particular course of action. And, you know, if, if you decide today we're going to go this way and then tomorrow that way yeah. and then the next day another way, well, that's uh, really being indecisive. Um, you got to select a course of action and stick with it as long as, um, as long as it makes sense, um, for you to do so. Yeah. This, um, predictive index people management survey that we were talking about earlier. This is one of the things that drives people nuts is the analysis paralysis that some leaders get it, get into where they don't make decisions. Yeah. Um, the truth, I'm going to use a capital T R U T H on this. The truth is that leaders who make decisions with speed and conviction, um, they understand that, that they understand that they're not always going to be the right decisions, right? But at least they're moving the organization forward, all right? Yeah. Wrong decisions, bad decisions can be fixed. That's what good leaders understand, all right? Um, but stasis can kill an organization. Indecisiveness is going to damage an, or an organization and their reputation beyond repair. That's yes. Fact. Yeah. You know, and, and if this is something that you struggle with, um, then I think it's a good idea to, that's why you have mentors and coaches talk right. about it with your mentor, talk about it with your coach, have a trusted, um, a peer, um, when you're in your organization, you know, or just, you got to bring somebody alongside of you that will help you, um, decide. Right. Right. And, um, and Larry, that's one of the reasons why you and I are really, really good together because in the area of deciding, um, you decide a lot quicker than I do. I'm it sometimes takes me a long time. So we balance each other out. And so more often than not, I believe we make the right decisions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, Bring us number 14, which is, um, and some people are going to roll their eyes at this, all right? Um, and that is, I'm just telling, we're sharing with you what we've learned over the years and what a lot of surveys have shown is that people want to have fun. Yes. They want to have a fun organization. This, is, this doesn't mean that it's an amusement park, okay? But we have to provide some level of amusement and some level of joy in, in the workplace. Nobody wants to go to a place where it's a grind, all right? Where it's a sweatshop. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants that kind of stuff, but having fun, having a work environment where people feel like they're appreciated, um, uh, we see higher levels of engagement and um, higher levels of loyalty and productivity as well. And these can be things like, and I'm not talking about the, you know, hey, we get to ride segways around the office or we're going <laughs> to bounce beach balls around the office all day long. But fun things, if it's fun to you and your team, is like monthly potlucks or birthday celebrations um, to a certain degree. You know, some people let, again, if the team wants to do this, decorate their doors on their office contest or their cubicles or whatever it is, all right? Or, you know, if they're working remotely, the stuff behind their, 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 their chair there so that we're on a Zoom call. Doing fun things like that does increase um, um, engagement and it lets the team member to feel like their personality can show a little bit, right? Now, when you do this as a leader, it kind of feeds into a lot of the things we were talking about earlier about getting to know your team members, building bridges and building bonds with your team members as well. These are just small little things. What we've done as an organization, Dave, is we also use these times to serve the community, whether it's through getting together and um, 
doing our monthly sack lunch program where we're uh, creating lunches for the homeless and for different um, uh, children's homes uh, in the area. We're doing good, we're serving, and we're having fun uh, at the same time. There are a lot of ways that you can incorporate fun into the workplace where it just does not feel like a grind or a sweatshop. Yeah, fun is not just laughing, and that's, but that's part of it. Fun, sure. as we talked about, was enjoyment, right? So when you're out giving like you guys um, do, then that's there's a level of enjoyment there. That's right. You know, and, and I liked what you said about having, um, you know, your background, changing your background. So if I move my head to the, this way, oh, here it is. Point to this sign. If you can read it. Can't read it. It says, it actually says oh, grandpa. That yeah, that's right. right. So I'll be a grandpa soon. And you wouldn't believe uh, I've got several clients who've seen that and they're like, oh, tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah. So we have a little laugh and, and it's fun. Um. I think another aspect of fun is in the way that you can approach tasks and work. So, um, so my example and something that I didn't even realize until I had lost it as I really like to collaborate with people. That's fun yeah. to me. That's a way to approach work. Um, so I had a, a, a VA um, who, man, actually Brian on our team. Now we'll get on and do, you know, a lot of collaboration during the day. Um, and, but then I had another VA at one time who he didn't want that. All right. He's like, give me the tasks. I'm going to do it. I'll tell you when they're done. And he did great. It was awesome. And then he'd be like, okay, what's the next task? We didn't collaborate at all. And I found my own personal enjoyment in my business was going down a little bit. Yeah. Right. And so there's, there's an aspect of self-awareness we talked about, right. And figure out for yourself, what is it that you, um, how you enjoy doing things? Yeah. Um, you know, another example, one of the things in our powerful course and community that we do, Larry, is just about every week, unless, you know, somebody's on vacation, we will do these co-working sessions. Mm -hmm. We will work together. The idea there is to um, try to take something. Uh, well, one of the ways people use it, well, they'll take something that's not fun, that's, that's unfun, and they'll make it fun by being on a call together and executing on it and reporting back to each other. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's so many aspects of fun you can bring in the business from all the things that Larry said to the, the, the way that you're working. I think it's, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to throw in here. Those are great ideas. Um, one of the best pieces of feedback I ever got from a boss was that a boss one time to tell me, um, you walk like my, I have a default face that looks pretty grumpy. Okay. And he said, you look like you're dour, at least in the word dour and pessimistic. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants a boss or a leader or a manager, or even a freaking coworker who looks dour and pessimistic all the time. I think that people who know me now would not describe me as dour and pessimistic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think most people would describe me as optimistic. Well, where does that come from? Because sometimes I'm not always optimistic, but at least I smile. Yeah. I'm pretty aware that when I walk into the office, when I am meeting with people, that I smile. Okay. Um, I have a former, um, I'll just I'll mention her name, uh, mentor, coach, who's an actress, Barbara Niven, uh, mm -hmm. who is doing some training with me. And she said, you know, one way to do this is like, before you go on camera, before you go into a movie, just giggle to yourself. <laughs> just, just like you just did. Yeah. <laughs> just giggle to yourself. Of course it. Yeah. When no it one's feels around, good. <laughs> when no one is around and it changes your energy that That's you're a great giving tip. off. 
right? That's a great tip. So imagine if before you walk into a meeting or you're walking to the office, you just giggle to yourself or before you go on camera, you giggle to yourself. Yeah. And then people start seeing you. What, how are they going to perceive you versus as if walk before you walk in the door that a dog, a, your dog just got run over by a car. All right. Ugh, what a difference that people are going to feel, right? That adds fun to the workplace. All right. Mm, yeah. So, just a couple of tips for you there. No, oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. So we are on um, the last one. So this okay. one we talked about really quick, persevere. We went to positivity. Number 10 yeah. was realistic. 11, competence. 12, openness. 13, decisive. We just talked about number 14, which was fun. And number 15 is shares credit, which mm -hmm. is something that gains or adds to reputation or esteem. You know, another way to think about it is when it says shares credit, we're not talking about money. <laughs> we're talking about something like um, honor, right? You're sharing honor. You're sharing um, that why things went well, it was because of not just you, but other people, you and your team, right? We're talking about building a team here. That's one of the ways, the best ways you can um, become a better leader is to share that you and your team were able to accomplish this great, uh, this great task or whatever yeah. it is that you are doing for your, for your client. Um, because in reality, that's, that's true. In, in your business or in your organization, I would say 100% of the time, it's not just because of you. It's because of everybody on, the, on your team. And, um, and Larry, I want to get your opinion on this, but I've heard this so many times on, you know, you, you watch the Super Bowl or the Final Four or whatever, and you listen to the coach, you know, at the end and the, the championship coach, and they say, um, the coach says, well, all the, these guys, you know, these are the greatest guys that I've had. All the credit belongs to them. They did everything, right? And, you know, I hear that. I'm like, he's just, he's not being honest. I don't like that. It's, it's yeah, I have a great group of guys. We all worked together. We all worked our butts off. I couldn't have done it without them. We just had a, um, you know, an amazing run, um, you know, and we just came together as an entire team to accomplish something that we didn't think that we'd be able to do. You know, it's, it's us. I, to me, it just seems so insincere um, when the coach or the leader gives all the credit to other folks. Yeah. I think uh, probably a better way to do it would be to say, <laughs> Hey, we all played a role and, yeah. and I just gave you the platform to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that this is a big one. In fact, this might be the biggest one, Dave. Um, Cause one of the most demotivating things that a leader can do mm -hmm. is either ignore the effort um, that went into contributed to success um, or they take credit for it. So I of the, yeah, taking of, credit for it. Oh, right. Of the, um, the options of what you just described, I would rather the, the owner of that championship team come out and do what you just got through describing. Like you guys take, you deserve all the credit versus saying I did I this. Did. Yes. Right. Yeah, I agree. If it weren't for me, you scumbags wouldn't even have the opportunity to do it. So you got to be grateful. <laughs> you scumbags. <to> me. <laughs> right? um, but we have to give credit. Um, we have to share yeah. the credit. We, when you share the credit, you lift the spirit of your team. When yeah. the leader publicly points out the good work that the team members have done, it encourages other people to do good work. 
okay? And it strengthens collaboration and trust among the team. And collaboration and trust are two of the really important elements of creating a team that ultimately creates more freedom in our own lives, mm -hmm. right? Nothing sucks the wind out of the sails of a team than a leader who accepts credit for their hard work and oh, their yeah. efforts, or who throws them under the bus <laughs> and takes credit for for the efforts. I mean, for yeah. the success of the team. Did um, the, what comes to mind is uh, a movie that we've watched. Oh my gosh, so many times um, as a family. It's so funny. Is the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Mm -hmm. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, you, you got to see. You got to borrow it from me. But you, you talk about a bad boss at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's Clark Griswold. His boss is bad. Yeah. It's like Clark have that report to me tomorrow morning so that he can, so that I can give it to this, this trade conference. So the boss is going to this trade conference to, for, to give a report and the boss is, you know, taking all the credit for it, yeah. you know? And it's like, is that, folks watch that movie. That's he's a bad boss. Don't be that boss. But, yeah. but yeah. And, and one of the things that I was thinking of through that too is, and I've, I've seen this happen is, somebody, uh, one of the team members does a presentation. They put all of this work into it together and then they give it to their manager or their boss and their manager and their boss presents it oh, and yeah. gets yeah. all the credit yeah. as opposed to saying, Hey, me and my team put this together or at least having maybe a key member of the team come into that conference or present presentation or something like that. So there's a definitely great ways to share the credit, but yeah, if you, if you aren't doing that, you are going to demotivate people pretty darn quickly. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, David, that was kind of the, the final yeah. eight of this. Um, the, uh, the, this is a reminder. Please go back, uh, if you haven't, now that you've watched this one, to go back and listen to the previous episode, which would be episode 89, where we talked about one through seven is if you want to be a good boss and you have to care for your team, you have to communicate effectively. Number three was you have to prioritize um, goals, projects, etc. Number four was re reward and recognize your team members. Number five is to develop a culture where there's progressive, prof progressive professional development for both you and the team members. Number six is to set performance expectations. Number seven is feedback. And then here in this episode, number 90, we talked about eight is to persevere, tenacity eats talent for lunch, you might remember. Uh, number nine is positivity. Number 10 is to be realistic. Number 11 is competence. Um, number 12 is openness, have an open door policy. Number 13 is to be decisive. Indecisiveness, analysis paralysis can kill an organization. Number 14 is to have some fun. And finally, number 15, which is many, a lot of people believe is one of the most important ones, is that to share the credit for successes uh, of the team. Yeah, and as you folks have gone through this with us, hopefully you have, um, you know, maybe rated yourself. And yeah. um, right now, what we want you to do is take a look at a couple of them. Well, first of all, give yourself credit for one of the ones or a couple of them that, you know, you, you rate yourself on a seven, eight or nine that you're doing pretty well at, because I know that there are some that you are doing well at. So give yourself a pat on the back. And then the next thing to do is take a look at one or two of them that you think that you are, um, you know, potentially rating yourself kind of low or you're suffering in a little bit and, um, you know, get, put a comment in 
uh, where you where you see this uh, video on YouTube, put a comment in and say, hey, here's a, an action or item I'm going to do, or two action items, or three that I'm going to start doing um, on a regular basis. Maybe it's um, I schedule in my calendar um, uh, 20 minutes a day that I'm going to look specifically for something today and for something the previous day that was um, that was positive, that worked really well in the organization. And then I'm going to um, mention to that person, thank you for doing that. So um, give yourself a few action items here. To, to, and you do these things, you're going to end up building some momentum. You're going to improve on one of these, um, these items and you're going to build some momentum so that you can then go on to the next one. Very good, Dave. All right. This is All right. Good. I know the, these past two podcasts were a little longer than we normally do. I hope you find a lot of value. In those. <laughs> yeah. As Dave said, please make a comment, um, share these, uh, if you would as well. All right. Well, everybody, Thanks for joining us today and for our uh, little mini series on how to become a better boss, manager, leader. Um, remember, building a team is the way to reclaim your freedom. And we're here to help you with our course community and, of course, our white glove service, where we find a rock star virtual assistant for you. So three things we'd love for you to do, and we'd really appreciate it. Number one, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so, either on your phone or on YouTube hit that little subscribe button and the little bell next to it to get reminders. Number two, give us a rating, preferably five star. And as Larry mentioned, you know, leave a comment below this video because we need to get the word out on all of this. We want the world to be a better place. Um, and then number three, go to hiremyva.com for more information on our course and our great community. And of course, as we mentioned, our white glove service. Remember, even without experience, you'll learn how to prepare for hire and thrive with virtual assistants. Larry and I are continuing to help a lot of folks. We want to help you to come join us in this journey. So just go to hiremyva.com for more information. Yeah, Dave, I'm just getting the urge that I need to share this with folks. Somebody I know needs to, to hear this right now. And that is that that's uh, a saying I've heard over and over again throughout uh, my adult years. And that is that uh, two things suck joy from your life. Yeah. One is living in the past and Two is comparing yourself to others. Mm, not yeah. Okay. Do yourself a favor. Do the world a favor. Go do something significant today. So God bless you. God keep you. And my favorite one, God hold you. All right. Go get them, folks. Right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.